If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> you ready? I am Brett T. Hey, listeners. Ah, I should do some um, ASMR. Hey, listeners. Friendly reminder at the top of the episode to join our Patreon. Join it. Amber, what's Patreon? Well, I'll tell you. It takes a lot of time, effort, and resources to produce this podcast. So we appreciate those listeners like you who have decided, you know what? I can give $1, $2, $5 a month to contribute to the Patreon. So please get on over there and do that. We do monthly book giveaways. <sighs> We do monthly book giveaways at the end of each month. This much, this much, this this, the munch of the month. <laughs> what the if that was a thing? Of the month. This month we'll be giving away the Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead at the end of the month. Oh, actually. It's not going to be at the end of the month. It's going to be at the top of the month. It's going to be February 1st, February 1st. But before we do that, I just want to shout out three beautiful, lovely, talented, incredible, unique, this nerve, and talent patrons who just joined the party. That's going to be A.B., Taylor, and Obadiah. As of thank you. Obadiah, you got in like five minutes ago from when, us recording this. So we thank you for just adding on. Now let's, if you are, <laughs> I am... What's wrong with me? I, I just I just nervous. made a boo I just made a boo boo and and so I feel bad about it because I rarely make mistakes. But anyway, um, you make mistakes all the time. Mm-hmm. I just this one actually did say something. Usually I let them slip because you're a little bit more sensitive. I don't make a lot of mistakes, but I did I did recently make a mistake on a thing that Ben and I were supposed to complete. Now we have to re-record it. It's not a big deal. But anyway, if you would like to join our Patreon and support the shit show that is Amber and Ben and soon to be Lil Wild Lynn, you can find that link in the episode notes. Now let's get started with the show. And you can also just give a dollar a month too, which I is super that. cool. One dollar. One dollar. That one will make me holler, honey boo boo. Remember, honey boo boo? Mm-mm. Oh, God. No. All right, Ben, here we go. Welcome to the Sci Fi Sci under the Believe Podcast Network. It is indeed a podcast about black science fiction, fantasy, and staying on the same page in this marriage. Today, for episode 69. <laughs> Giggity. We'll be discussing the film Night of the Kings. Night of the Kings was directed by Philip Lecote. He's French, so well, he speaks French. Sorry, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have said he's French. Uh, but this film is based mostly in the Ivory Coast. Uh, but before we get started on this film that we watched on Hulu, Ben, how are you doing, beloved? I started my first improv class on Thursday, 
And it was so fucking awesome. Amber signed me up for it. Well, this isn't your first improv class. Let's let's be clear. Did I say it was my first? Mm-hmm. My I guess oh, my first improv class of the session. Right. Right. So I started my first improv class of the session, which is I'm on the third level. Yay. And so lots of improv um, you know, I guess you could say uh, studios or what do you what do you call them? Improv schools. Imp- yeah. Improv schools. They have levels. Level one, level two, level three, level four, level five. And this is the first one that we're taking separately. Cause, yeah. Because we took one and two together. So what's it like to be, you know, in a class without your, your favorite scene partner? Yeah, it's it's cool. I got to play a soap opera Starbucks woman who um, uh. is a shit stirrer. That was my favorite character. I really leaned into that. And then I played like a very broy, like popped my collar like does shots of Malort type of dude. Oh, that one you want to hear, you wanna hear that, that impression? Uh, yes. Hey bro. Yo, yo. Um, uh, you want to do a shot of Malort? Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I took Tammy out. Oh, it was great. Oh, oh yeah. Well, what'd she say? Oh yeah. She, um, she give you head dude. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wait, did, how, how'd you know about that? Yeah, well, I mean, chicks are supposed to give you head. What, what, do you, what else are they for? <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I, I'm I, more into my feelings. Like, we just talked about feelings. Oh, no way. She went for that? Of course. Like, I'm I'm a feminist, bro. Like, I do my lord, but I'm also a feminist. Like, Oh, wh- bro, that's kind of weird. Why would you be a feminist? Because... Who hurts you, bro? Because the Cubs, the Cubs hire chicks now. Oh, is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't read or write, so. I mean, it. Fancy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Good job. So it's like, you, you do, oh you know. Wait, so what was the, the soap opera Starbucks thing? Was was it a Starbucks employee yeah. sings opera? Uh, no, soap opera. You know soap opera? Soaps. Oh, duh. I'm an idiot. No, you're not an idiot. So it was a, like, it's like a... a um, like Days of Our Lives, Bold and the Beautiful, but yeah, Starbucks exactly. edition. Yeah, so very dramatic and crying, but everybody's also like wearing a full face of glamorous makeup. Yeah, so I looked really, and I mentioned that I wore Prada. And, oh, look at you knowing and, brands. Yeah, name was, three more brands. Gucci <laughs> and Fendi. Because <laughs> of the dogs. Because okay. of the dogs. So you got Prada, Gucci, Fendi, and a Nightlight podcast. Right here, I'm wearing um, Nightlight Podcast shirt. Which you is literally great. can't name another brand. I can't. Target. <laughs> That's what the girls sing in the songs. Louis, Gucci, Fendi, Target. I love that. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I We we have done a lot today. We have. You the keep me working. The sun is setting a little bit, so I'm, you know, it's. I get worried. We're I'm supposed to go like a witch in to that the way. Art, Art Institute. That yes. Happened. But we got so, so well. busy today doing things. But we, we were super productive. And I don't know. That always makes me feel good when we can like kind of clean mm. up the space. Um, and Capitalism. I'm just really excited. You know how you sit down and put some things together? I finally added like a couple of the the, the brands I've collaborated with to my personal website. Mm, yeah. Because I was like, oh, I should make this easy for people to find because I've been getting a couple more DMs and s- things, which is amazing because that's like sustainability for our family. Yay. And so I was like, I should probably just have a Rolodex of some of my work. And sometimes it's really nice to put all that together. Or today I even watched the very first TikTok I made. 
and it was so bad but so funny it was also. on brand you stayed on brand it was very on brand so it's been really nice clueless to like... not really knowing what you're doing I, mm. I remember your first oh you saw it yeah right that was you remember that time before the internet knew you good times remember when i was just a comedian doing my own thing well, then you had to and now i'm ben's it. wife yeah uh, or i am your husband people still dm me all the time being like oh my god you're ben's wife it's like this is my page mm-hmm. my name's right there yeah. So who's main character? Who's the main character? Still me. I'll who's, just block Who's that main person. character? Not who's <laughs> the main character, just who's main character. I'll just block that person. But no, I'm I'm very excited for you to uh start classes and just be in that creative space cuz we do love to create. It's yeah. very important to create. It's the most fun thing to do. I wish all basic needs were met <laughs> and humans could just create shit all the time. Yeah. That everyone could find that one thing that they would want to create as far as art. Because everyone has art inside them. It doesn't Correct. necessarily make it good or successful. But if everyone was just allowed to pursue the art of their heart, we would we would have a lot <laughs> less problems. What a wordsmith you are. I was thinking about that just like... You know how you'll just sit and reflect on some of your fears. So one of my fears is like wild not being creative and how I'd be like, what, where did I go wrong? You don't like Mm -hmm. the color. You don't like the sing. You don't like the dance. And they're just like, no, I just like to, you know, hang out. It's like, yeah, well, what are you passionate about? Like, like my, my biggest fear is my child not finding their passion Mm. or even when you think about your parents, do you ever think like, I wonder if my dad has ever colored like in a coloring book. Like that's something I just cannot see my father doing or like making any macaroni art. Or writing a my poem. Mom, my mom, yeah. My dad tried to learn how to play guitar, and he oh. gave up. And I, I wish oh. he, I wish he went back to it. He's really crazy. I wanted, you know, I we did one podcast session together where we have a book club, and I need to meet with him again. But you keep me busy as as your employee. You can you can meet with your dad anytime you want. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't think I guess the most creative thing I've ever seen my father do is like cooking. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of where he like gets to shine art, creatively. Yeah. But like other than that, he doesn't. Or maybe like mixing drinks. Or insulting you <laughs> during spades or He's, bags. He is good at insulting. But even one day, me and Alicia were working on a puzzle. And we were like, why don't you come in and join us? He was like, puzzle. I was like, yeah, it's, it's just mm-hmm. a meditative exercise. Would you like to join us with the puzzle? And he was like, no. Why, why would y'all be putting together a puzzle? It's like, okay. It's like, well, the, well, this is it's a, like, can you drink this it? This is my one <laughs> mandatory check in with you for today. So Just I've kidding. fulfilled my task. You know what else is super funny? I feel funny? like my sister Rachel is a little like that. I, like, she doesn't really create anything. Yeah. I feel, I mean, because she she's busy. Because, she, I mean, I guess she, she made, but she's constantly, I guess she plays with her kids and she likes to right. hang out with her kids. Um, her, you know, her nephew and, um, uh, and <laughs> yours as well. <laughs> Right. My my and mine. My yeah. both, well, and then her son, and then you know her nephew, and so she does cool stuff with them. But I I took her out, her and her husband out to eat. Remember we took them out to eat, and I was like, what What are y'all doing for fun? They're like, and Rachel, my sister Rachel, was like, I just don't have yeah, time. Why are you naming names. Yeah, that's. I yeah. mean, not you know, I I'm gonna actually talk to her after this. Oh, give her a call. <laughs> check in with her. Get it. No, uh, what was I about to say about my... So you know how I just talked about my dad 
This is so funny. But speaking of like other people we like to laugh at, our dog trainer. So we recently got a trainer for Gucci because we just want to make him as as prepared yeah. as possible for this. We baby don't want coming. him eating uh, wild. Right. Like coming home, which to won't a, happen. But just like a dead baby is would be the worst. Can you stop? Because you like that's not even. I, I guess it's funny. Sure. No, it's not funny. I, I sorry. It's okay. Uh, but we're we're doing some training with Gucci, and he. Our our dog trainer, she's wonderful, but somehow she always brings up her daddy issues during the training sessions, doesn't she? Yeah, well, she makes connections with how her dad is unable to do things. Yes. And so we, as, you know, dog parents need to not be like her father. Yes, but it's always like that. She's like, see, Gucci is struggling with this thing, but he doesn't. Like, he needs time and patience to learn this thing. Like, my father, he never had patience when we were learning things growing up. Like, it, it without I mean, she would fail. give a solid example about she her, would, but it's her father, you know, would try to teach her math. And, like, you just need think time. And so when you point to a dog and say, hey, go, don't, he's, she's sort of, because you're sort of, you need reinforcement to say, give a command and just wait for a moment. Right. Well, you, you repeat the command because you're a little bit more impatient. So she gave a, a solid analogy about you know, giving think time. Yeah, but that's and, always her go-to. Yeah, her go-to. Because It'll be it's something easy. just with her father. It's easy to make fun of family. Yeah, but it's it's not family. It is her dad every time. So, so yeah. every now and then right. I'll be yeah, like, yeah, hey, I you good? So. Well, you mostly talk about your father on the podcast in a negative light. I've talked about my mom. In a negative and my brother. Oh, yeah, you have. Everybody's gotten, everybody can get some. Okay, well, maybe I do as well. Uh, anyway, you want to tell the people where we're going to be in, uh, in a, a couple weeks oh, where yeah, they can find us in Chicago. Yeah. We're going to have a meet and greet, uh, at the science fiction Capricorn. We're going to do a live podcast. We're going to talk about Janelle Monet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be fucking awesome. Uh, I didn't should... know we were doing a separate meet and greet. Is that a thing? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. So, oh yeah. Sorry. I should probably tell you what we're doing. So uh, the way the structure of the podcasts are run is, or sorry, the way that this Capricorn is run is that you meet in these uh, convention center rooms, we'll do our presentation, and then afterwards, you'll come up and talk to us, or you'll ask questions to us, and then we'll just hang out, and then you hang out. So you have like an hour session. Generally, what happens is you do like 45 minutes, 40 minutes, and then people sort of discuss the rest. But before and after, yeah, like come and talk to us. We'll be there. Okay, great. It, it's, it's a big convention center, so people are moving in and out, going different places. Um, Omarion uh, variant is going down. <laughs> That's uh, great. Sorry. Is that a real thing? Yes. Is that a real statistic? Yes, it is. Okay, no, yeah, the numbers are going down. Yes, the great. Omicron variant numbers in Chicago are going down. Whether Lightfoot is cheating the numbers and lying about them, that's a whole other story. You know, I just have to be prepared for meet and greets. You know, yeah. you know, I just need mental. I, I love meeting people, you yeah. know, but it's just. It's energy. You, you know, I need heads up. It's not even energy. It's just like, even when I go, like I went to the bar. Amber doesn't it. want to talk to you listeners. I do, but sometimes people get a little. I, you know, I one of the things I do well is making people feel like they know me. That's a of strength course. of mine because I overshare and I cry a lot. And I'm very Every vulnerable. Day. But then, you know, people will just go up to you and start rubbing your belly. Like, so I, so I have to, like, mentally prepare. Has that happened to, yet? Yes, yeah. Ben. Like, when I've seen people out in public. That and, you know? 
No, they don't know. They know oh. me, but I don't know them. Oh, so you? this is the first time I'm hearing this. Oh, I haven't told you that? You, no. It'll be people I know or don't know, which is fine. It, it'll just take me aback a little bit. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, oh, wait, wait. <laughs> I've never seen that. That's never happened when I'm yeah. with you. Oh, really? Yeah. You remember last night where, like, our friend just, like, went in and was like, oh, yes, which I love him, but... Oh. It's just something new for me. Okay, yes. Yeah. So that's you're think about like if everywhere you are, people friends, just started rubbing your belly. Yeah, friends I have see. done it, and people who are like, "Oh my god, I've seen your TikTok! Like, come here, you're pregnant! Congrats!" Okay, yeah, that's uncomfortable. So I just have to well, like, mentally prepare. I'm also not, the way I greet a lot of my friends is I go up, I'm like, "Hi!" Like friends. Yeah, you know, when I, you're pregnant, I hug them, the but, handshake is a belly. Yeah, touch. the handshake goes from yeah, that is uncomfortable. Yeah, the books told me that like be prepared for that, and you can you know say yes or no but it's just something i have to sometimes be like people belly bumps are like golden tickets you know mm-hmm. like people are like oh I, let me touch it for good luck oh let, let me let me rub this thing as far as uh i guess not golden crossing tickets, like, crossing over uh your consent or like radical consent yeah well you know it's space. like that thing you rub before the big game <laughs> your dick <laughs> That's what I rub before the big game. <laughs> oh my You're God. my big game. No. This relationship is the big game. Look, this I wake up every morning. is the big game. I rub it for good luck. <laughs> well, maybe I should think more about it. Like, yeah, like, like the, I remember as a kid, and this, I don't, correct me if I'm like way off, but we used to go to this like local peak, way off as in like, if this is highly offensive, um, proceeds to tell story <laughs> but when we used to go to peking and you know little podunk athens georgia they had this big buddha at the front yeah. and, and we just all would just be rubbing on his belly you know it's yeah. it, it was fucking karma right okay that is the thing no 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 i'm saying you're getting people are rubbing your belly because you you violated the buddha space when you rubbed his belly probably probably this is uh, uh so yes there is map. there's a fun story i i you know i studied religion in university and the tradition of the fat buddha is when christians started to invade and colonize uh, parts of japan and bring this idea of christianity um sort of co- to combat like the development of santa claus like mm-hmm. the fat santa who gives kids presents the fat buddha came about Right. That was sort of like a response to that, to sort of make it more jolly, because the Buddha is not fat. So the Buddha was a response. Like Siddhartha to the Buddha is this. Which you know, came the first? Legend. Buddha came first, but but uh, the fat Buddha came after, after Santa Claus Santa, as a as a counter protest. Yeah, I'll I'll put a a link about the history of the fat Buddha. I found it super super intriguing how. And then came the pregnant woman. Yeah, so we have Buddha, Jesus, Santa Claus, fat Buddha. I'm fat Buddha. No, I'm saying like oh, historically. You, you pointed at me. So right, because just... you have these true, you have these two religious traditions, Buddha, Buddhism, 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 and Christianity. <laughs> Buddhism comes first, then Christianity, and then you get Santa Claus, but then you get <laughs> Which the is fat also Buddha, a religion. <laughs> which is part of Christianity. The Church of Santa, yes. Yeah, sign, sign me up. Saint Nicholas Church. All right. Uh, while you look that up, Ben, what, should I talk about what people are saying about this in yeah, these streets? Absolutely. Which is very biased because we are currently just reading the very positive Apple podcast ratings that y'all submit. If you want, you could pull up some negative TikTok comments to balance things out because I definitely. 
that we do get negative comments because every everything on the internet has to have negative comments. It does uh, balance out. But I caught myself seeing one today, and I was like, no, no, get out of here, get out of here. Uh, so I'll share that in a minute. But here are the Apple Podcast ratings from listeners like you. Remember, listeners, if you submit an Apple Podcast rating, we will be reading it on the show. Good, bad, weird, whatever. Uh, this one's from Ivory TC. Love the show. Your review of Lilith's Brood was so good, it made me want to read it again. I read it in college and immediately loved Octavia Butler's work. And now I can't get through the sex scene without laughing at Ben's comment on TikTok about if he had to do it. The connections you all make on the show, I'm, I'm so not used to saying you all. They, they wrote you all, but the connections y'all make on the show were so spot on. It makes me think in ways that I had not before, especially seeing as how so long ago the book was written compared to things going on right now. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Ivory TC. This one's from Yo Girl Joe. Great content. This podcast surprised me. I'm not into sci-fi or fantasy books, but this podcast is changing my mind, which is music to my ears. I know Amber and Ben from TikTok and the Gram. Please watch Amber try to teach Ben about playing spades in a black household. I laugh out loud. These, they have great conversations about books. Let me zoom this thing. Oh, you girls getting on. They have great conversation about books and TV shows and movies by black authors and creators. Amazing. They bring up things I don't think about. And I am a thinker. Check out this podcast. It's fresh, witty, honest, and thoughtful. It's only the beginning for Amber and Ben. Oh, blessings to you both in 2022. And congrats on the baby sci-fi yeah. sci as well. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's I love y'all. All of these are great. Okay. And then this last one's from K later. K underscore later 99. I'm always learning from Ben and Amber. I'm so happy I found you both on TikTok. I enjoyed your content so much that I had to give your podcast a listen. Unsurprisingly, I fell in love with your banter and your thoughts on the books and the movies you reviewed. And yes, I've definitely listened to every single episode. Oh my God, good for you because those early episodes are crunchy. Yeah. But we I, don't, I audio. don't even listen to them. Okay. I always look forward to hearing your opinions on different topics and being educated on things I may know a little about. Thank you for making your content that is educational yet entertaining and fun. Wishing yes. you both like the my best. Entertaining and fun and educational. Wishing you both the best, especially with your approaching parenthood. We love y'all so much. Look at me like looking at the camera. Uh, we really appreciate your very positive reviews and positive energy because like I said, there's a balance out there in the world. I was, uh, you ready to talk to me now? I was, I was telling Ben that there is this camp of people who follow us and they are very, they're, they're the think piece girls. They mm -hmm. like to be like, can we talk about how actually like this couple is very toxic? Um, which I'm not going to argue with them about that. <laughs> they're, they're Obviously they're correct. But it's frustrating because people do this thing where they're like, notice how every video they put out is negative. And I'm like, okay, first of all, that's not true. It's mostly true. First of all, popular ones. Yeah. Well, so our maternity shoot wasn't positive. You're right. Or I, I haven't put out videos of me, like, crying. Not that that's, that has that's, to be. That's negative. I, I've put, oh. I, I think that's, like, vulnerable content versus, like, us arguing content. Yeah. Um, but We don't argue. We, we debate. I think there's a difference. We have arguments in more of a, a scientific sense. Well, here's the thing. Every, every application is supposed to serve a different function. 
So TikTok is going to be your short funnies. Instagram is going to be your longer full stories. YouTube is going to be your more like vulnerable content. Sci-fi side is going to be your nerdy book club. Like, so there might be some truth to what they're saying, but to that, I say, go follow on other platforms. And to yeah. that, they say, we do. <laughs> Good. We do. We follow you on everything and we still hate you, uh, which is great. So with that being said, Ben, we are sitting at a ripe 23 minutes in. Are you ready to talk about the yeah. actual movie, Night oh, yeah. of the Kings? Google, Google, Google helped me find this film. I was looking up just black fantasy creators. African. So yes, that's the answer to your question. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, let, I'm going to jump into how we discovered this. But to be honest, this film was pretty confusing at times. Or it was so symbolic and fantastical and whimsical that I felt the need to... Uh, it It has the potential to make you feel a little stupid because yes. this is film. film. Yeah, this is cinema. This is cinema. And it's amazing and beautiful and absolutely stunning. But afterwards, I went ahead and you know, watched a symposium by the African. Yeah. So I watched a symposium with a bunch of people interviewing the director. Gucci. Come here. <laughs> I mean, this is going to be so fun. When we have mm. a kid. Yeah. <laughs> the episodes like, are going to be coming a, in and out. A hot five minutes. I'll do like 15 minutes. So, yeah, I had to watch the African-American Film Critic Association run a symposium interviewing the director, which was super, super helpful. And then I read two articles, one from Polygon and then one from uh, the Roger and Ebert website, which was fantastic. Did you say Roger and Ebert? Roger and Ebert. Sure. Keep going. We'll put both of those links in there. You ever uh, watch a film and realize that you need some like do some homework afterwards. Yes, which I used to be like, oh, yes. But sometimes it just feels pretentious. It's like, give me enough so I'm intrigued enough to go look up a think piece, but I don't need to in order to fully understand it. Mm -hmm. um, you could, I see what you mean. Like you could watch this film and leave still understanding a semblance of what had happened. Yeah, but you still need like, ah, help me understand what happened here at the end or whatever. I felt that way about like, I, I've, I've said this in the past, but it would, it's like watching Get Out versus Us, mm -hmm. right? Like Get Out, like Jordan Peele's uh, films, if you're not familiar. Get Out felt very much like, damn, that was good. Like, it'd be cool to read a thick piece, but I really don't have to to understand it. Whereas Us was like, uh, I need to watch that again. Like, well, I, I might have missed a couple of things. And then sometimes you're like, actually, I didn't miss anything. It was just like a little bit harder and a little bit more complicated. But, and there was a... Um, you have to actively watch it. You have to actively watch it. And I I don't know. So I, we have said this in the past because we have watched foreign films in the past, but it just takes a different kind of mindfulness to watch foreign films, not only because uh, you're, you're reading all the subtitles so you can't look away, but there's a pacing that's just very different. And I, I look over the bin, and I probably sound like a freaking idiot, but I looked over the bin at one point. I was like, why does every foreign film feel like they, they really rev you up at the beginning, and then there's these long scenes, which I do love, but nothing's tied up until like the last five to 15 minutes of it, 
of the movie. And so that's what it felt like to me. Obviously I'm making a generalization and I'm horribly, horribly problematic. Um, but if you watch this film with us, you will notice, like, I remember at the beginning of this film, my heart was beating. I was like, oh, my God, like, what is about to go down right here? Like, especially when um, this one trans character was being, like, surrounded and circled by this sea of, like, hyper-masculine men. And I was, like, truly, like, looking away and very nervous for her. And then... Uh, before you get any more to, like, details, I think we should give a summary. Because oh. it doesn't really make sense without... Um, so yeah. Well, can I just yeah 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 finish thing? yeah finish your thought yeah. And then near the end, I was kind of like, "Woo, we, how many minutes we got left?" Yeah. Like, so I I just wanted to say that I thought that this movie was gonna be more like a bell curve, and it really kind of it it was more like a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay, sorry. Give a quick summary. Yeah. So a, a nameless boy um, is brought to a prison outside of Ab- Abidjan called uh, Lamaka and so Abidjan is a city in, on in the Ivory Coast and Lamaka is a real prison uh, that r- recently or um, I think a little while ago there was a massive riot there um, and so there's this intense prison hierarchy and traditions and the prison is basically run by the prisoners there is a warden correct but the warden doesn't do anything or really can't do anything doesn't have enough Guards. He's like a substitute teacher at this point. Yeah, like he's, the kids that the sounds <laughs> exactly, that's a great analogy. Uh, and so this guy who runs it, they call it the Dongaro. His name is Blackbeard. Um, and he decides to choose this young boy to be a storyteller. And the storyteller is called a Roman. And he does this because he is slowly getting sick. And when you get sick, the leader is supposed to kill themselves and relinquish their power yeah there's this rule which is kind of strange because it's like but you're already sick just die naturally yeah i mean traditions i guess you know right it's a movie yeah (laughs) well just even religious traditions like why do we bread you know instead of (laughs) for for the eucharist right like when you Take communion. Why do we? Oh, bread? got it. Like, why sorry, I thought you just meant like regular rice? old white bread. I'm like, I, yeah, because it tastes sorry. good with peanut butter. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Why? Why this instead of that? You know, like tradition has to do with reasons, and you could assume that if you're weak in the prison, in a prison where it's a very intense, people are living on top of each other. The only privacy are just these like, uh, you know, sheets they put up. Like it, it would make sense that the leader can no longer just live anymore. So fun exercise. If you could be the leader of something that you really believed in, but if you got sick in that leadership role, you had to kill yourself. Would you step up and be a leader? I mean, you're talking, you're asking, would I follow a tradition that I have sort of decided to accept yeah. Like, what do you mean would I step in? I mean, I'm sick, so I have to follow the tradition and kill myself. I'm saying, but would you knowingly want to be someone's successor knowing that your fate is eventually having oh, to kill yourself? Would, you, would it be worth the role well, if you had to end your life in a suicide? I, I think that's a very unfair question. Because, that's literally what happened in the movie. Yeah, and obviously everyone wants to be the next leader. Well, there are people... No, some people like to be followers. Some people well, like to be moths, and some people like to be butterflies. Oh, yeah, I would not... I, I would not. All right. Well, me. I, okay. The the question's tricky. Like, b- 
because if I was the person's right-hand man, then yes, I would want to stand up if I had worked my way to that. Um, I think probably I would probably want to position my... No, I don't... Like, I don't would wanna, you want to be a king if you knew you had to eventually kill yourself? Or, or uh, a leader if I anything? got sick? No, probably not. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a leader. Okay. And in a prison? It doesn't have to be a prison. It's just... Like it could school? be anywhere. It could be a school leader. It could be a, and a then councilman. That's it a could really be, weird... It could be a leader in whatever is your current like locus and it, it can apply to what you're doing now. I think it's so tricky to, to sort of put ourselves in that shoe because in some sense I am a leader currently and yeah. my job, that's part of my job. And so in, I'm sure this in is the a question hierarchy that like, of the prison, a leader has the most, like the leaders in this prison get access to like PS you know they can play playstation <laughs> that's not what happened but i i, 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 I no, no. what you're stepping no in. they did they i were... didn't see a ps4 in the movie but... yeah so you you're not familiar with the way the controllers look there's a ps4 in the movie okay well i'll, I'll I... have to show it to you later that wasn't clear but um so in that system where you would have access to more resources you would have more control yeah. over how things are ran that. You would step up and, and then be a just leader. pretend not to be sick, sort of like what Blackbeard does for some of the. Yeah, movies. but he's a, he's on an oxygen tank at yeah. that point, so it's like, bro, you're, you're you're obviously sick. But I guess you're so bad at not pretending to be sick, though. Yeah, well, with you. <laughs> you remember that first time you got sick at our relationship? I was like, wow, he is a baby. Yeah, I didn't want to go to work that day. Right. Point being, is in yeah probably. I mean, I just don't want to be living in that prison. It's, it's... Of course not. But I, I, I was asking the question, and we'll take a quick break after this, but I was asking the question just in general. It's like, I'm sure Martin Luther King had to really say to himself, like, obviously he didn't die in a suicide, obviously, but he probably just had to say to himself, like, am I willing to be the face of this movement and potentially be what leads to my demise? Or, you know, just... Oh, well, is this movement going to for, kill for me the cause. for the cause? Yeah, yeah, you would now, have to didn't... find the right the right cause. I think anybody right. could potentially die for a cause. Yeah, like I'm sure there's a cause that I would die for. I can't really think of. I mean, maybe you. I would die for the cause of you. Yeah, would to save you, I would die for you. But You'd also, be like... I'd kill for you too. Oh, wait, let me get through this summary as well. Sorry. Uh, so basically the Dangro, he has this boy who remains nameless and he has to, the boy has to tell a story and if he finishes the story before the night of the red moon, uh, or, or before the sun comes up on the night of the red moon, then he is killed. And so the boy Roman has to continue to make up this story and and he decides to tell a story about, a microbe what they call the microbes um a leader named zama and so you get a lot of history of the ivory coast and basically after this political upheaval uh in 2010 i believe the president the current president lost the election claimed that the election was stolen from him which caused a lot of instability sounds familiar yes because this is what happens if you do not have a peaceful transfer of power. Anyway, 2010, huge stability in the Ivory Coast. One of the cities, Abdijan, it was so horrific that all these young kids um, end up like banding together and calling themselves microbes, or that label was putting on them, like 
like nasty bacteria. And they would walk around just like with machetes, you know, stopping people, cutting people. And then eventually people were so angry that kids accused of being a microbe were like being lynched out in the streets, which ends up happening in this film as well. And so we hear the story of this microbe leader and that story sort of takes this like fantastical whimsical turn and it's really stunning. And as the, as the boy is telling this story, the other prisoners are listening and acting it out. It's good. Yes. Uh, Let's take a quick break. Baby, it's cold outside. And you know that winter weather can leave your skin feeling ashy, crusty, dry. So what's the solution? Quench your thirsty skin and leave it feeling satin smooth with Way Melrose Place Body Cream. It's fast absorbing to nourish your skin when you need it the most, hydration that lasts and prevents dryness, and high-quality nourishing ingredients like squalane, coconut oil, kapwaku butter, and jojoba seed oil. Experience the new way Melrose Place Body Cream and Body Cleanser. Your body, your way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V is in the episode notes, to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your order at T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with code BELIEVE. Hey, y'all, it's Amber with your last reminder of the month. If you are a black business owner, please be sure to fill out the Google form. As you know or may not know, I will be showcasing 28 black businesses during the month of February on my personal Instagram page, Burr underscore I am. So one business per day. Please fill out the Google form. That Google form also asks you to submit a headshot. So a real pretty picture of your face, not your brand, not your business, your face. And then also a 30 second video of you saying like, hey, my business is blank. My uh, I work in this community. This is what our brand and our mission is all about. This is why you need me. Happy Black History Month, everybody. A quick video like that. So please be sure to check out that Google form. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, so we are back. Ben just gave a really great summary of what happened in the book, but I do want to make, Ben just gave a great summary of what happened in the movie, the film, the cinema. But I do want to make and take note that we as the viewer and also Roman as the storyteller did not know when they began telling the story about this rule that if they finished the story before sunup, they were killed. So we mm-hmm. had to slowly figure that out. So as you can imagine, this young kid is like wondering why everybody's so hype about this, so hype about this. And so he starts telling the story and then eventually, you know, spoiler alert, but we are discussing this. He gets told by one of the like old kooks in the pen that like, Hey, just so you know, like do not finish the story, like drag it on as long as you can. And, and cause if you finish your story before you're supposed to, they will kill you, which I mean, what kind of pressure is that? Yeah. Like if you, if you were told like, yo, go up there and tell a story, make sure it's good and make sure it lasts all fucking night, bro. <laughs> well, that's, I would be like, oh, okay, let's start with first grade. So here we go. <laughs> yeah. And well, I mean, that's the whole um, tradition of A Thousand and One Nights, which is the, uh, essentially it is the Shakespeare of the Arab world. It was written during the uh, Arab uh, Islamic Golden Age. Okay. And so the premise is that this this king marries, me, marries a woman and then kills the woman 
and then marries another one, kills the woman. Uh, but in this case, he marries this young woman, and I forgot her name. I read these. It's a huge collection of stories. That's where Aladdin comes from. Right. You said uh, like Arabian Nights or, or something. Yeah. yeah, A Thousand and One Nights. And so he he's going to kill this woman, and the woman starts telling him a story. And so he te- she he tells the king, she, the woman, his new bride, the new queen, tells the king a new story every single night for a thousand and one nights. Oh, I like that. So Thank that, you. Because yeah. you, you casually dropped like, well, obviously this is this like Islamic su- story that I'm you didn't a, know about. And I'm I was like, well, some of us didn't know. Yeah. Some of us only grew up learning Jesus feeding the 5,000. Sorry. So. <laughs> Every night, for th- so she basically tells him these stories in order right. to continue living. Yeah, and there's I elements of I Islam. Mean, I, I hate that the stakes are that high, but... Right. You know, it's a beautiful uh, collection, and then um, <laughs> uh, of stories... That king would be like, bitch, all right, we, <laughs> if, if I was the queen, <laughs> I would be singing, I would be... I, I, I'm sure Wilde is going to be like, can we just take a night off, please? Uh. I feel like if we threaten, you know, Wild with death, it might scare the child enough to continue to read stories. But she would have to be... There's literary and mental death when you don't read every night, you know? So what you're saying is right now in this moment, we have decided to make sure Wild reads a thousand books. Well, just read every night. night. For a thousand days. Well, just eternity. Like the threat. I think basically at the end the woman does become the queen. I think that's how, you know, that's the frame story, right? A frame story is the story within the story. Mm -hmm. Anyway, what I really remember is that Nagi Mahfouz, who's an Egyptian, uh, like the Egyptian literary writer, wrote a sort of like fanfic about, or very, not fanfic, but inspired, you know, conversation with uh, A Thousand and One Nights and sort of gets more in detail. It's it's really really good, um, but yeah, Islam has a lot to do with this, right? Like I, I, I mean, I, I I I'm not gonna sit here and co-sign like I have all of this knowledge of Islam because I don't. I I know that you do, but I I, I don't. But right. but you. But as this movie was, I know that you love religion. So as this movie was progressing, you did a great job of being like, oh, he has he's um he prays at, in the mosque because he has the prayer bump, and I was like, what's that? And you were like, it's almost this like bruise and sign of, of pride. It's like you pray so consistently at this mosque, like over five times a day that you develop a, a bruising on your head. But but those are things I just, I, I, I appreciate that I got to watch it with you because I would have easily missed those things. But well, the parts of the movie that I connected with were just this like power of storytelling. And I remember when I first tried to start doing comedy in Chicago, I was very afraid to call myself a comedian. Like I knew I was funny growing up, just like from the lunch table to, you know, always every progress report saying like smart, but talks too much, makes too many jokes. But it was very hard for me to say like, let me go take stand up class one or let me go take improv one. So my very first class in Chicago was a storytelling class. And I realized like all of my stories were funny and uh, or I, I was a funny storyteller. And I, I remember my teacher being like, you're just a comedian. Like, why mm. don't you just like go do the thing you really want to do? Because it's clear you like to make people laugh. There is a form of stand up and comedy that is storytelling. And 
and there is vulnerability in that. So you should just do that. So that's when I really started to lean into like, let me just go take a stand up class. But I love storytelling. Remember those days when I like very early when I was like, I want to do the moth, um, which is a storytelling mm-hmm. competition in Chicago. Yeah. And then what happened? And I was like, I want to do I it. I want to do it too. You're very inspiring. You inspire me to live better. Really? Yeah, absolutely. When I see you doing something, especially comedy, you make me want to be funnier, which is part of the reason when you asked me, you know, what, what do you want for Christmas? I was like, sign me up for the, uh, the comedy um, class, you know, sign me up for an improv class so I can get to your level. Get on your level. You, <laughs> let me be clear. You would never, ever, 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 never, ever, ever, never get on my level. That's a song as well. Uh, but yeah, but you can try. And I, I think... I, I do think we make a great team and I, I was very excited in this movie to see the like one person telling the story and then this beautiful like interpretive dance of and the, the animation that the the dancers had with each story. And these were like just men in the prison getting together and just like acting everything out like that felt so powerful to me. I got really revved up that you, have you ever, did you ever in high school have those exercises where you had, to, well, you're homeschooled, sorry. I went to high school for a little bit. You went yeah. to a high school for like a year. Did you ever have those exercises where you had to choose like, there's 10 people, these are all of their occupations, you're stranded on an island, you can only choose five of them to be on the island sure. with you. yeah, I'm familiar with that game. So let's, so if you had to choose any five occupations, like to, to oh, be I with see. you on you an would island, what would they be? a griot. Hell yeah. yeah. Or I, I remember being the person that was like, I'd go with the doctor. Uh, I'll go with the architect. Uh, I'll go with the gardener. And then I'll go with like the poet or something. And all my classmates being like, the, the, the poet is worthless. Like, wh- why would you mm. go with them? And I was like, there's your motivation. Who's going to entertain you fucks like on this island or which is so fascinating. Which is why Blackbeard was like, I'm losing control. What can I do? Oh, I'm going to create entertainment. Like that was a way for him to hold control. And eventually once he realized that there was no hope for him, he does end up sort of killing himself. We see him do that in this very almost like symbolic way. But you're, you're right. You know, you choose the poet. Yeah. You would, you would have survived on the desert Island. I think. I think that's why a lot, like when we talk about like, communities there there was this one community i saw that like tried to sort of be you know like leave society and start their own and they were all like we had a couple of skills but it's really really hard blah blah blah. i'm like you need a (laughs) you kind of need just like one person that's literally just there to like tell stories or see visions or add that entertainment factor because we are so social and like that's just a part of the human experience just as much as like healthcare and things like that so it, it really feels good like in other cultures i feel like the storyteller is like one of the highest positions even a teacher like highest mm. positions whereas in america it's like well these jobs are like underpaid or whatever so a the, starving artist you're you're like you don't make real things like i'm a doctor yeah. i'm a real job i'm a lawyer i'm a real job yeah yeah that definitely is something that we'll probably have to fight over and over and over and over again and just our society has placed so much value on practicality or practicality and money. I I did want to uh, come actually talk come back to the Islam part uh, because what I found so fascinating is that you have a very um, religious 
um, Muslim character. And you could tell by the prayer bump. But at the same time is this religious character believes in like a magical amulet, right? And so what I find so intriguing is, you know, how the term that religious scholars will use is syncretism, is when you fuse one religious practice with another. Okay. And so so how like African spirituality whether it was, you know, colonized by Christianity or Islam, still found its way, like those traditions, whether it be like Ifra, still found its way within these dominant religions, right? And so even with um, one of the characters, Zama, his father believes in like this magical amulet, and Zama is sort of like a mystical character in himself. And, And I thought that was like, it was just so fascinating because you have these realistic religions with very like strict, you know, traditional practices, but then you have the mystical religious practices and there's this easy fusion between the two where, um, which, which we also saw when we talked about Eve's Bayou, remember like yeah. that you would cr- pray to Christ, but then you would still, the medium would, psychic yeah. and do voodoo. So and, there was mm-hmm. no, there was no disconnect Conflict. between yeah. Which uh, um, the director even says, uh, and that um, it's important, you know, a quote he says that it's important today to make films in Africa, which include our vision of the world. And that there is, he calls it, it's not logical. The Ivory Coast is not too logical like a European culture. The border is very fine between real things and magical things, invisible worlds and physical worlds. And so Islam is a very like physical religious practice like the the quran is the actual word of god Mm -hmm. right like and it has to be read in arabic that nothing else translations you don't call them qurans you say that's the translation of the quran and and the practice of prayer beads bowing you know you know bowing uh or or praying towards mecca that's very physical and so um but the fusion with the mystical where it's a, it's implied that Blackbeard turns into a doe at some point, right? So that mm-hmm. fusion with the like the storytelling, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's so it's really hard for me to understand in a lot of ways. Like I'm like, oh, this is my my impression to be like, is this this is stupid, right? It's illogical. Um, yeah. To, to think or dismissive. Or yeah, I'm dismissive. <laughs> yeah. Where where I think you're more because you practice yoga. And you, you're just more stretched out. Yeah, because, I've, you know, yoga is a very, like, yoga is mostly about, like, finding things or maintaining things in this, like, equanimous state. So you can have, I, I think you can believe in ghosts and you can believe in God. I think you can have natural hair and also slap a wig on every now and then. Like everything doesn't have to be in conflict. You can still, <laughs> you know, those were two very different examples, but well, two, I, two I can get behind be the time. physical behind like the different hair, but yeah. Yeah. I think just, that's fresh on my mind. Cause I just, I saw a lot of discourse online today about like people with locked hair arguing with people. And when I say oh, people, yeah. I mean black people, Pe- black people with I, locked hair arguing with black people who like wear wigs I see, as a I protective see. That's a great, style. No, that's a great example. And I was example. like, there's this kind of like no one's better than the other. It's the problem li- lies where when you think that your natural hair is inferior to 
the protective style or the straight hair or whatever but is it okay to do both like yes like both of those worlds can exist but there's just like a lot of that there well yeah we're coming back to this idea of the binary and i i say binary in terms of the capital b this desire to create two separate entities and that they cannot fuse right and that's you know that's the very definition of queerness is that you fuse things together to be queer is not to be one or the other right and we often times create this false binary and these false binaries create uh violence tension and and there's this really incredible beautiful scene in the film that actually reminded me from the sword in sword in the stone you remember that yes do you remember and you remember at the end of the film where the witch and the wizard start fighting Mm mm-hmm and they transfer into different kinds of things. Like animals or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that there's a scene where this like mystical, powerful queen who has magical ab- abilities ends up fighting her brother, who also has mystical, magical abilities. And like he, she turns into a bird and then an elephant and he turns fire and turns into a thread and, and he, he, he turns into a needle and they're like battling mm-hmm. each other by turning into different things which was like very, very mystical and cool. But they are brother and sister. And uh, this desire, like, you know, black people who are, they're both black and they're ha- both hairstyles. Not the sword stone. This is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what you're talking <laughs> about online. Conversation. Right, right. right. Like these are your like brothers and sisters. And, you know, as far as like sharing an identity, and you're just you're arguing and fighting and battling out where at like where, where does that end yeah i mean and that happens with you know tons of things right uh, e- even you know going back to me like stumbling on negative comments and being like oh that's a bummer but it's like two things can be true at once you can actually watch a video of me and you and think this is negative and toxic and then you can also laugh at something that you mm-hmm. saw later and we are in this space where i it is it is not okay and it should be okay but it's not okay to agree with like 95 percent of what of some of, of what someone does mm. and then be in tension with the five percent yeah. And I wish we weren't there uh, because like it, it makes it really hard to just see people as people like there there are nine like 95 percent of the things that you and I are going to do together. People are going to be on board with. And then the minute people find out like you have a dildo and you like the dildo and you're bisexual and I'm bisexual, people are like, well, I was I was with them till that or I was oh, yeah. with them until I found or, out Ben was an atheist or I was yeah. with them until I found out. Amber called him a bitch. That was highly disrespectful. I'm out of here. By the way, I have lots of Christian friends. Right. Oh, you're going to be that person? It's like... I do, So first off, I have... I have... I do. I know three black people. I just want to name off the top. My father is a pastor. I still get along with them. Like, I would would die for you to practice your religion. Like, I would never want someone to be oppressed because of their religion. Right. Okay. But but there's I'm this missing, assumption missing, that people who are atheists want literally. I'm serious. Like they okay, want. Thank they you. want to like the dots for me. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, they well, want. I'm confused about death. Well, How yeah. We I'm not there. a militant atheist, but there's an assumption that all atheists are militant and that we want to like destroy their churches and burn down their churches. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Like, now. well, yeah. Well, that's but that's the thing. Like, 
we're and I don't want to use the word divisive because even that now is just like <laughs> it belongs to like one group of people, right? But it is very much so like that. Like I've had friends who are like, I love, love this and this and this that you do, but like, ah, uh, this thing gives me pause or um I don't know. People get really caught up and then they're like up instant unfollow because of what you said about uh, mommy baby products. It's like fine. Like, (laughs) and and it's like, that's just not how people are. Like I, I'm trying to do even a a, a better job about like interacting with someone and being like, this one thing gives me pause about them, but like, they're cool. You know, like as far as content creators, as far as who I have in my feed and in my world like we're we're just humans like there are gonna be some parts of people that you just don't agree with like and i get it if they're like yeah but i hate black people obviously like that's a huge thing but if there's somebody that's like i don't know i need to go to church every sunday like i can be friends with you and it's just we're we're far away from that but speaking of queerness before we uh warp up the show i do want to um can we talk for two seconds about the the trans character do you want to there was a, a a trans character in this story that was like sort of yeah, a yeah, let's, part. I mean, I I yeah, let's get into that. So one of my big problems with the film oh. was was how <laughs> the Make trans, it clear. Yes, yeah, it was how the trans character was presented. And I'm just I'm it's I don't think it's fair for trans people to constantly have the representation like focused in trauma and pain. And so there's a a scene that I thought was unnecessary, and though it might have been realistic, where the you get the impression that this trans character is about to be raped, um, and it it doesn't you don't sh- they don't show anything. It is disturbing, but you could have you could have um, yeah. I, I think it could have been handled a little bit more sensitively. Yeah, you're, you're kind of like, what did this well, add to the story? Yeah, and I it's not necessarily that this specific film has that scene in it, right? Right. Or the trans character at one point, it does, um, you know, participates in a plot to kill somebody else. Right. Right. Which that character's motivation and why they did it, the character's name is Sexy. Um, it Like, it's fine. But, <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's her name. I think that's just what everybody calls it. Yeah, that's yeah. what, yeah. Uh, so that within itself... Is fine, but when you look at trans representation in films, they're so mired in like trauma, rape, assault, yeah. hurt, pain, and so this felt for me just another example of that. Yeah, when it you when I look at it within a megatext. Yeah, and it's hard because I found myself, you know, giving them points for like I'm like, okay, no one's misgendered her. This is not she has speaking lines. She's basically has a boyfriend in the story who's like one of the top dogs and everybody knows it and everybody respects this relationship. Um, but yeah, it it is very hard when one of those like intro scenes were like so nerve-wracking and um when we look back and think about it, like why did that scene have to exist? Like, I think they were trying to say like, this is a, a movie about like a very animalistic hyper masculine prison. Um, but there were, there were tons of ways that that was shown without those parts needing to be there. Uh, question for you. So the director mentioned that like, um, 
he actually had uh, most of the characters. Twenty, he said, twenty five percent of the actors were actually in prison at one point. Wow. Yeah, and that's so, powerful. Yeah, is it pow- Yeah, my question for you is that a sigh for you, or is that something to celebrate? Um, I think that's something yeah, to celebrate. I yeah. I mean, when we're when we're talking about like authentic casting for things, mm-hmm. it's very it's it's inspiring to hear that like oh you're actually having conversations with the people that this film reflects. Mm-hmm. I get disappointed even when I see biopics where uh, I'll say this like this is an aside, but it'll you'll connect the dots. Recently, um, the the Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah maybe biopic or series is dropping soon. And I remember there was some discourse where the girl who played Pam Anderson was like, I've never had a conversation with her, but I don't feel like I need to have one. Like, and Pam Anderson's like, are you kidding? <laughs> like I, it's, it's, it's very strange that, that, that someone can say like, I don't like, even, like Pamela Anderson is still like very much alive. Like she's not, on her way out or anything like that and it's like y'all didn't want to set up just like a lunch about the person that you're portraying whereas you know when selena died and they were making selena like j-lo went and stayed in selena's family's Mm. home and had several conversations and looked through pictures and got grounded in like this is who this character is supposed to be now i know that there's a lot of discourse about like she's puerto rican and selena's mexican and why was this chosen but i think it hits different when you know, unless this person's like, if this person's not dead, I think you should have a conversation with them. I heard the same thing about um, Patrizia Gucci. Like Gaga didn't have a conversation with her. Yeah, she was in prison, but y'all could have still facilitated a conversation. I, I think it's very strange when you're portraying something that you don't have any sort of touch point to. So I, I like that. Like, I, and I don't. And I also, lastly, about this, I also don't know how hard it is to find employment or transition back into society once you've been in prison abroad but it's really fucking hard in the u.s and so if there is a movie that is like hey we want to hear from like people who have been inmates and do this film like how would y'all feel about it or i I think inmates could almost be like sensitivity readers in that way am i like way off with that no i i think the only thing is that when for example my example of this is the wired the wired you know hired actual drug dealers you know and so when you play when you're dealing with something traumatic like prison and you're having people play this out, could that reawaken like traumatic memories or is it like, yeah. I think anybody who's Are been through a- something like that wants to say like, Perhaps. I want to talk to my, star-. you know, Abbott Elementary just did a funny yeah. bit about that where this like white teacher was trying to teach them about like these riots in South mm-hmm. Philly. And another teacher was like, well, my... My uncle, my cousin, he was a part of him. Like, let me, let's bring him in and talk to you about it. Yeah. And obviously, he learned like a completely different story about it. But I was watching um, at the bar the other night. I don't know if you remember this, but did you see what movie was playing at the bar we were at? No. So we were at this bar, and and Twilight was on. Oh, really? And it was yeah, the it was the scene where like what's her name Bella was like pregnant and stuff. Oh yeah. And I was oh, wow. look, I was looking at it in my peripheral vision, and I was like. Her belly and just how she's like walking and acting is just so fucking fake. Like it's very clear <laughs> that she's not pregnant. And I 
I, of course, at, at now that I am pregnant, I'm like heightened, heightened senses to when people are pregnant in film and cinema, and it's so frustrating. So like, she could have, she should have gotten pregnant for the film. Maybe I right? agree. Yeah. Yes, correct. Or at least had discourse about like, hey, I'm pregnant. Let me show you like the waddle, the lean, yeah. the ache, like. Or it, someone on set to sort of coach her yes. through that. Yeah. Or even, um, I, you know, Sex in the City there's this one part back in the old times where Miranda's pregnant and it's like on ep- on episode one of the season, she's like got a little bump feeling nauseous. And then like on the second episode, she's like already in the third trimester. I was like, it's not like that. Yeah. She should have been pregnant this whole season. Like, and, and I remember getting sort of infuriated about that. So I don't know. I think it's important to it, cast authentically. It's, it's cool. I mean, they could have hired a, a, preg- a person who was a coach who was pregnant, who could have sort of coached, um, you know, Kristen Stewart uh, to, to do the shit she needed to do. Yeah, it was just like, so if she was If there was a cringy. pregnant person on set, right. been like, no, no, you need to be doing this or like demonstrating in the moment. Right. Yeah. The, uh, the other thing um, is that they wanted to use a lot of slang in the film as well. Okay. And uh, like 80% of, um, so I guess this would be a sigh, but like 80% of prisoners at Lamaca are actually under the age of 30. They're very, wow. very young. They imprison because microbes, uh, the, the microbes, um, you know, the lack of employment for young men. And so you'll see a lot of parallels. So between, I think, the American prison system for me, it reminded me a lot of that. And I, I, just being aware, like providing a trigger warning, if you do watch this, like it can be, mm-hmm. it's intense. Like it's an intense film. Um, there it comes up and I was like, what is that little boy doing here? Yeah. <laughs> like that, yeah. that child is a 12 that, year that old. Was, that was intentional. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that yeah, that's an intentional decision. Uh, I guess finally, like when I saw the trailer for this, I thought there was going to be more fantastical elements. For sure. So I was a little disappointed about that, but other than that, what would that, you call this? Like magical realism, yeah, dystopian? Yeah, magic. You know, and you know, magical realism to the point where when the fantastical things did happen, they felt a little misplaced. Yeah, they did. They Remember also that fight scene. I was like, this is—is is it bad CGI or is it just like this hasn't happened was, to all movies? Was, so you know, the budget, but yeah, okay. They, and and also the the scene, the fantastical element is. And I think this is done intentionally, right? Because this boy is required to tell a story about this gang leader, but he starts his story in like 19th century Africa, like the turn of the century, and then he jumps into modern day. But that fusion between past and present is a point that's trying to be made here. Yeah, uh, and, until and the it, crowd called him out for it. I was like, yeah. Well, because he keeps on just making things up because yeah, he doesn't want to fucking like, die. Wouldn't you, fool? <laughs> Uh, so oh, yeah, what man. size what size did you have? I agree with you. It just it just uh, like I said at the top of the episode before I let you even get into the summary, the the running time felt very lengthy. Mm. You know, uh, also you know what else is long? Parenting. Oh oh good. It's <laughs> like where are you going with that? Parenting is long, so get used to long things. That's fine. I mean, but parenting is long, and Wild's not going to stay age two for like seven years. Right. You know, so you see the I mean, natural the progression. An, the film was an hour and a half. I know, but there was something like the first 40 minutes flew. Mm-hmm. Like, remember, we were like, damn, we're halfway through it. Or like first 45 minutes flew. And then near that, that second 30 minute chunk, we were like, 
all right, let's pause, order some brunch. And, yeah. then, and then we got back into it. And then the last 20 minutes, we were just like, all right, now. <laughs> yeah. Wrap it up. Uh, Fair enough. But yeah, it, it's, it starts very strong. Please, please, please let us know what y'all think about this film. I think it's really important. It's one of those films where you're like, hmm, I won't be watching that again, but I'm glad I watched it. Yep. And and not because it was bad. It's just like that was so. It's like it's like Moonlight. It's like that was really great, and it only needs one viewing because this is not your regular Friday night, you know. I think some films need teachers, like Moonlight requires. I think you know a little bit extra help to watch, like watching it yeah. with someone. It's really so you good. Can, you know, support each other through watching it and discuss it afterwards over like correct some wine non-alcoholic for you alcoholic for me but i think like this is the this is a perfect film to watch with somebody mm-hmm. and but it's not like oh sierra's coming over y'all want to watch moonlight it's like what yeah like, oh, <laughs> let me just put some let me just put this on oh what are you putting on moonlight like, schindler's list yeah it's like, Girl, that's, no that's, yeah you need to like be in a right tonight. state right. of mind you need to be able to think about it and reflect so correct sankofa is like that too we yeah. probably said that last week as well well ben with that being said beautiful talented and now an improv student why yeah. don't you warp up the show yeah in conclusion watch night of the kings philip lacote is the fucking shit uh read those articles we put in the description you can watch if you have time uh go ahead and watch his interview by the african-american um you know c- cinematic association african-american film critic association there we go i think yeah african-american film critic association said it right yeah check it out thanks ben thank you so much for listening to another episode of the sci-fi side podcast up next remember we pushed this back but we're doing it this time needle in a time stack y'all uh we got cynthia arrivo we got oh, what's his name from hamilton uh Leslie Odom Jr. It's going to be a good time. Orlando Bloom is all up Ooh, in the yeah. shit. And it's going to be... Legolas. Oh, uh, you haven't watched Lord thinking, of the Rings. I was but. thinking about uh, Pirates. But yeah. Pirates of the there's, there's two types of people in this world. who <laughs> The people that see Orlando Bloom's name and do Lord of the Rings and then the people that see it and see Pirates of the Caribbean. That's funny. Uh, anyway, we're not talking about white men right now. Be sure to watch Needle in a Time Stack on Amazon Prime and we will see y'all next week for the show. Bye, y'all. Bye. Oh, I, 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 oh, I, the last I, no, well, that's, bye. bye. If you look at the thing, I, it, mine, mine was said first. All right, bye y'all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.